I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. Joining me in the studio is someone who is not new to the studio, but new in that he's here alone, uh, Dr. Larry Stomberg, a UD professor of cello. Larry, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So glad to have you here. Um, a, a really fascinating project that you're involved in uh, was brought to my attention, and I just I had to get you here on the show uh, to talk about it, the project Bach in Wilmington. But before we do that, for our listeners who are not uh, familiar with you, a little bit about your background as a musician and what brought you to Delaware. Uh, sure. So I'm a cellist. It's been my career uh, since uh, basically I decided I was going to make a go of it back when I was a teenager. I did my studies in a few different places, did my undergraduate work at uh, the Shepherd School of Music at Rice University, and then did uh, graduate degrees, uh, master's and doctoral studies at State University of New York at Stony Brook out on Long Island uh, with a wonderful teacher, Timothy Eddy, who's the cellist of the Orion Quartet and teaches now at the Juilliard School. And from there, I, I really was interested in pursuing, in addition to a performing career, uh, pursuing collegiate teaching. Uh, it was a, I felt like it was a calling of mine and something that I wanted to do. So I... As as happens uh, sometimes a little bit with military families, you go where the job is. And so I uh, was sort of all over the country for a little while. I was in, in Missouri for three years at a school called Truman State University. Uh, and from there went to teach for six years at Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, and from there, that's what brought me, brought me to Delaware. I was uh, delighted to be offered the position at the University of Delaware back in 2004. Uh, and as their cello professor and teaching a few other things, primarily chamber music. And that's what brought me here, and it's been a wonderful home for me and my family since, both personally and professionally. Now, I, I'm curious, as as now a professor of cello, teacher of cello, uh, and performer, and you've been on the show uh, uh, with in the context of working with ensemble groups, uh, some some might think, okay, now that you're where you are, you, you're at at the peak of your skill and ability and everything else. What do you do at your level to continue to hone your craft? Most importantly, I think it's important to keep keep busy. Mm -hmm. I've I've frequently said uh, that the, my biggest concern professionally, I, I guess probably personally too, uh, is complacency. So I don't want to just rest on whatever I've already done uh, and even just keep doing the same thing. Uh, there is some element of that, of course. When you perform, there are going to be certain pieces that you will do again and again. And in the context of, say, uh, my, my ensemble, the Seraphim Quartet, uh, we will take uh, a certain program or two around a lot of places during one season. Uh, but But I think it's important also to – create new opportunities and new projects uh, to both to be uh, just to keep from getting too mundane or bored about what one is doing but but also to uh, to be inspired by new challenges mm -hmm. yes so so what I try to do is is create new opportunities and a lot of times certainly in my work as a as a soloist and recitalist that's uh, trying to uh, put together new 
programs that I mm-hmm. can perform in different places and occasionally try to do some some interesting projects that merge a couple of different interests of mine. Mm-hmm. That sort of resonates with uh, a description I've often heard of performing artists, and that is that their, their life is a, a piecemeal career, that they're always cobbling together different opportunities and different jobs. Could you, could you sort of elaborate on that? That's absolutely true, and actually something that I try to talk to my students about a, a good deal. Gone are the days uh, where one could simply go to music school, end up getting that orchestra position, mm-hmm. uh, and then having that wonderful orchestra position for the rest of a career. With a and, few private students maybe on the side. Yeah. Right, and then right. collecting a lovely pension. It, it doesn't quite work that way in our field anymore, uh, only for very rare few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be interested in that. Uh, I find it actually quite interesting to piecemeal things together. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, oh, well, you're a performer and a teacher, I, I, my feeling is that I'm actually I'm a musician, mm-hmm. and performing and teaching are just parts of the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether it's getting out there and playing at uh, Carnegie Hall or going on tour and playing somewhere in Europe or South America or here in the U.S. or at home at the University of Delaware – uh, just as important for me as a musician is getting to work with a young group of students who are trying to work on their craft of playing and, and figure out their place in the world as artists and aspiring musicians. Uh, so for me, that's all equally exciting and important uh, as far as what I do as a musician. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, sort of the geographic range of your teaching career. Uh, how about your performing career? Well, I've been very fortunate to have been able to play in a variety of places. I would say these days, probably the majority of my performing is here on on the East Coast. Uh, but the nice thing about that is that we're close to a lot of wonderful musical centers. And so I do occasionally get to go up to New York to perform Philadelphia, Baltimore. Uh, and that, that to me is very exciting. Uh, the university certainly provides a wonderful home base as a, as a performing space. I like to say that the University of Delaware is, we have a bit of a Lincoln Center going on there at the, mm-hmm. at the Center for the Arts, uh, concerts all the time. And I've been fortunate to get to be part of that, both myself and with my colleagues there. Uh, but I also get to get around. And I've done recital playing and concerto playing and uh, and chamber music playing uh in a, in a few different countries and different continents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I've been down to uh, Colombia, uh, Bogota, Colombia. I've done a solo recital and concerto there. Mm. Uh, did a recital tour in China about 12 years ago and did uh, a couple of different small tours uh, in Europe over the past few years, uh, playing some in London and Vienna. Uh, even got to play in a little town called Gior, Hungary, in, in one of the most beautiful halls that I've ever seen. Hmm. So I, I, I feel that I, I'm, I'm really quite lucky to get to do all of those things. Uh, and it's just uh, extra inspiration and, and more motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. And you're bringing that, that wide range of experience, both teaching and performing, back to Newcastle County, to both Newark and Wilmington. Let's, let's look first at an upcoming uh, two-night series uh, that you're going to be involved with, which I would think would be sort of the dream job of a cellist, and that is to be able to perform the complete box suites for unaccompanied cello. 
Yeah, it's usually a bucket list item for cellists, <laughs> and, uh, and and many many cellists do get to do it. And these are works, the six unaccompanied suites by uh, J.S. Bach, uh, who just recently had his three hundred thirty third birthday. Uh, they're they're some of our earliest works for the solo cello, and some of our most significant uh, in that they are. Uh, they're self-contained, so we don't need a pianist. We have we can take them anywhere, uh, and they're they're really wonderfully diverse pieces in terms of their their scope and their sort of emotional qualities. I've performed all six before, but never in one set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this is an exciting opportunity uh, for me. So I'm doing them over two nights. Some people do them uh, in one night. I I've, I've, maybe I'll do that the next time. I'll, <laughs> I'll work up the stamina for that. But uh, it's it's going to be at the University of Delaware, April 24th and 25th, uh, eight o'clock each night in Gore Recital Hall. And the the first night, I believe I'm doing suites one, three, and five, which create an interesting narrative that I. I think of from birth to death, uh, just in terms of the the sort of the character of those those pieces and mm-hmm. what they seem to represent to me. Um, the second night is suites two, four, and six. Uh, I'm I'm calling that one the road to resurrection, uh, mm. starting with a very dark and stormy second suite, and working its way to the the final suite, the sixth suite in D major, which is. Uh, just uh, the most glorious, joyous uh, piece of music I think we have for our instrument. Uh, hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited to get to finish the the series, the two-night series with that. Yeah. Now I'm showing my ignorance of the history of the cello here. When Bach wrote these suites, was it for the cello as the instrument exists today or was it for an earlier version? It, it was It was for the cello pretty much as it exists okay. today. The, the cello back in the Baroque era – had a few differences. Uh, it was not as powerful an, an instrument. Uh, actually, neither was the violin or mm-hmm. the viola. Uh, and it, but it, in terms of its construction, it was more or less the same. These days, in, on a modern cello, we have an end pin uh, with a spike that comes out of the bottom of the instrument that allows us to plant into the floor. Back in Bach's time, they had no none of that. Mm-hmm. So the instrument was held between the knees mm-hmm. uh, and and supported that way. Uh, so aside from that and a couple of other small differences, it's mostly the same instrument. Mm-hmm. But the cello at the time in, in Bach's time was never considered to be a, a solo instrument or even something that would have the possibility of being a solo instrument. So Bach writing music for the cello alone was in some ways rather revolutionary. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Now, when he uh, are there any notes of his talking about his intent in them being performed as a, a you know all six in a row, or in uh, they could be performed individually? Did he write anything about this? This is one of the real frustrations that cellists have about these pieces is that there is almost no information about mm. them. Uh, there's actually not even any manuscripts in Bach's hand. Oh, interesting. Uh, the, the the closest we have is is a is copying of them from his second wife, Anna Magdalena, who wrote them down, and, and she wrote very quickly, and depending on who you speak with, either very sloppily or, mm. or very accurately. <laughs> Some people think that uh, every single marking that she wrote was was correct. Uh, so we have very little to go on, and there there are very few contemporaneous accounts of them, if if any. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we're left to do a little bit of of guesswork uh, and some investigative work, and but but the pieces speak so strongly emotionally. I, I feel box music does in mm-hmm. general, and mm-hmm. and so 
in, in terms of sort of the expressive content of them, I think they present themselves quite quite well and quite clearly. Uh, now, players will have different interpretations, but uh, we, uh, I think we all can can relate to them sort of on an emotional level. Great. So box, cello, suites, uh, one, three, and five on Tuesday, April 24th, mm-hmm. and suites two, four, and six on Wednesday, April 25th at 8 That's p.m. Right. at the Gore Recital Hall. That's correct. At University of Delaware. Well, I want to move into the other project I referenced at the beginning of the show, and that is your Bach in Wilmington. But first, let me remind our listeners, you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Joining me in the studio today for Delaware State of the Arts is Dr. Larry Stomberg, UD professor of cello. And we're talking about, uh, Larry, your, your career as a musician. Uh, but this new project that you're working on, Bach in Wilmington, just sounds fascinating to me. Uh, let, let's start with sort of what, what was the, the, the germ of an, of an idea for this? What, how did this come about? So this came about uh, originally – Probably a, a couple few years ago, uh, after I had moved into the city of Wilmington, uh, I'd, we'd lived out in Pike Creek for, oh, I think about eight years, uh, seven, eight years, and then moved into the city of Wilmington just outside of downtown. Uh, and I hadn't spent I, – I, of course, now living in town, I, I was spending a lot more time in the city mm-hmm. and was noticing all these beautiful venues, beautiful churches around and so my original thought was, oh, I'll do a series of the six box suites, each one in a different church, uh, where maybe the the architecture of the church sort of speaks to me uh, mm-hmm. for a specific suite, uh, and sort of piece together a, a series. So of a, a darker ambiance of a of a sanctuary, perhaps for one of the darker suites. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and one of the if one of the brighter <clears throat> sort of marble. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, marble floored uh, sanctuaries for one of the one of the more uh, joyous suites. Right. And as time went on, and I, I started to see both the, I would say the potential of Wilmington as a city, but also the troubles of Wilmington as mm-hmm. a city, both uh, in uh, what what one hears about in news reports, mm-hmm. uh, but also even just the sort of the the honestly bad rap that I think Wilmington gets right. as a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about a way of of celebrating uh, what's going on in the city that often doesn't get celebrated. Uh, and particularly in the last couple of years with uh, just in our country and, and really around the world with all sorts of uh, some dark things happening mm-hmm. and, and a lot of uh, turmoil socially, politically, uh, all kinds. I, I thought about a, what can I do as a musician. And I certainly can't save the world, but maybe I can do something to to help where the, my little corner of it. Brighten a corner of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh so it, this th- my idea morphed into well let me let me actually instead of going into big beautiful church all big beautiful churches to perform let me find ways of of getting into places that are doing really good work that maybe aren't getting celebrated, and maybe music isn't always a part of mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that led to uh, finding venues, some of which are a little more unusual for what you would think you would be playing, where you would play, be playing Bach. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are still churches, uh, but they're doing very specific things that I wanted to sort of highlight. Uh, and as this went on, then I decided, well, 
it's not just the the place that I want to sort of acknowledge in my music, but it's it's the people who were there and the people who were being served by whether it's a church community or a prison reentry program or something like that. And so I thought, well, I want to have their voices in, involved. Hmm. So I've actually been spending a good bit of the winter going around to, to these different venues where I'm going to be performing, uh, interviewing people, uh, bringing my digital recorder and talking to them, asking them some questions about sort of their their lives, their hopes and dreams, what the city has meant to them, both good and bad. And my plan is in my performances, which start as early as April 22nd, uh, is to have their words interspersed with the music. So there'll hmm. be some, some of the recorded voice interviews, then some of me playing Bach. Uh, and in addition to that, I decided it would be wonderful to bring new music into the world as well. So I'm working with two composers uh, who are also wonderful violinists, uh, one in New York, one in San Francisco. Uh, their names are Maz Swift and Alyssa Rose. And they do a lot of really interesting work. They do uh, jazz, they do bluegrass, they do rock. They, they, they're quite the crossover artists mm -hmm. and really interesting composers. So what I've done is I've sent these, re these recorded interviews that I did with the people at these different venues, sent them to the composers, and they are writing a piece, one piece for each suite uh, that will respond to the music of Bach, but also respond to the voices that they're hearing in these interviews. Uh, so each venue basically gets its own new piece of music. So each venue will have a, a, a box suite, some of the interview material content, and the new That's composition. That's correct. I, I'm actually probably going to do two box suites at each venue okay. just to okay. flesh out the program a Got bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, And I'm, my plan is to have each suite sort of be, for me personally, chosen to reflect what I've experienced at mm -hmm. these, at mm -hmm. these different places, uh, at, you know, whatever the whatever the sort of mood or whatever the emotion, uh, prevailing emotion of these pieces will be, uh, to me, sort of speaks to me from what I've learned. Yeah. Now, off air, you, we were talking about how you were talking about how the, it, it is still kind of evolving. Uh, where are you in that evolutionary process and, and how ready are you to announce where these performances are going to be? Well, I can announce a few of them. Uh, okay. the, the first one uh, it, it, is on April 22nd, uh, which I believe is Earth Day this year. I think that's um, right. Yeah. So we cele celebrate Earth Day and, and listen to some Bach. And that one, that's that's my inaugural go of Bach in Wilmington. Uh, that's at Hanover Presbyterian Church, uh, which is in, in Wilmington on, on Jefferson Street, uh, Sunday, April 22nd at 4 p.m. And I can tell you that I'm doing the second Bach suite uh, at that church uh, and and trying to decide which other suite to do as well. Uh Hanover was a, was a place I chose just uh, one. They're they're just down the street from where I live, but uh, they they do a lot of work, both uh, in in feeding people on the street uh, through their food pantry, but they also have a wonderful immigrant and refugee program mm. where they're mm -hmm. really uh, helping a lot of people out who who really need the help. Uh, the then I have uh, three in one week uh, at the beginning of May, which is going to be a, a if I survive that week, I'll yeah. be delighted. Uh, the first one is uh, Wednesday, May 2nd, uh, 7.30 p.m. at St. Stephen's Lutheran Church, which is right outside of Trolley Square. Mm -hmm. And they have a wonderful food pantry. And I spent a number of hours actually 
talking both to volunteers and clients of that food pantry. And mm. it, was, it was incredibly inspiring hearing stories and hearing people uh, work hard against the adversity in their lives uh, and, and what this wonderful church is doing uh, for them. Uh, the one after that is Friday, May 4th, uh, 6 p.m., uh, the doors open at 5.30, they told me. Uh, and this is at the Hope Commission Achievement Center on Vandiver uh, Avenue. And that is uh, a, a prison reentry program doing really, really wonderful work. And that will be part of the uh, of the art loop in Wilmington, we're hoping, uh, on Friday, May 4th. Right. Uh, Saturday, May 5th is at Old Swedes Church, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, partnering with a wonderful organization called Stop the Violence Prayer Chain, mm-hmm. uh, where I talk to a bunch of little kids who, whose families were have been affected by gun violence. Okay. And so that's very exciting. No, be- that's, beautiful historic setting. And, and Old yeah. Swedes is gorgeous. Yeah. And that's 4 p.m. on s- Saturday. Uh, a couple coming up, one at Kingswood uh, Community Center uh, in June. That mm-hmm. date is still a little bit fluid, so okay. uh, keep posted. Uh, and uh, one more that I'm still working on, I can't quite announce it yet. Uh, okay. And then finishing uh, actually at the Music School of Delaware uh, for their Adult Cello Festival uh, on July 27th, where I'll be playing all six of the preludes from the box suites and all six of the commissioned works as well. Wow. Oh, that, that's that's fabulous. What, what a fascinating project. So how many people have, would you say you've, we've got about a minute left, how many people would you say you've interviewed in this oh, process? Uh, at this point, it's probably uh, about 20, and I yeah. still have a number more to go. Yeah. Uh, and and each one has had has been really interesting. Uh <laughs> The, I would say probably the most fun I had was interviewing all the kids because they were all together in a room and they were they were so wonderful and honest in what yeah. they had to say, and even even with the difficulties that they they faced already in their in the beginnings of their lives, uh, there was such a joy and such a hopefulness uh, in their voices. Great. And quickly, where can people find out more information about these upcoming performances? Probably the best place to do it is my website, which is www.lawrencestomberg, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-S-T-O-M-B-E-R-G.com. Great. Larry, thanks so much for joining us. This has been fascinating. Thank you. Best Pleasure wishes on the project. Thank you.